0: On today's show, the Cleveland Cavaliers really needed that one. We're going to talk about their win against the Knicks, give out game awards, and Tristan Thompson. Yes, Tristan Thompson, that Tristan Thompson seemingly earning the backup center role. Let's dive in.
1: You are locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland
0: Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Demereau. We are the Locked on Cavs podcast. And thanks again to Jake Stevens as always, for his work on production. The Cavs win beating the Knicks on the second out of a back-to-back on Wednesday. They win 95-89. to 89. Still no Jared Allen. Still no Darius Garland. Donovan Mitchell only had five points in the second half, but they got it done. It wasn't ugly. Well, it wasn't the prettiest, but uh, this Cavs team needed a win to get their second on the season. Evan, what is your big takeaway from Cavs-Knicks?
1: I mean, comparatively to when Cleveland hosted this back-to-back miniseries, like Evan Mobley had a pretty good bounce back game. Um he wasn't like super, super impactful scoring-wise, I think if you just look at that from a pure counting stats metric, you're like, uh, eh, not that impactful. But like he had points, rebounds, blocks, assists, steals, like, didn't get into foul trouble in this one. And as you noted, like Donovan Mitchell struggled in the second half of this game, and Evan Mobley kind of stepped up and really handled the responsibility and responded well to the physicality the Knicks were throwing at him. Like I will highlight a play of the night later on in the game, but her later on this episode rather, but I think Mobley responded well, like obviously not the makings of your second best or best player overall, but like in the grand scheme of what he gave the Cavs, When they played the Knicks in Cleveland, um, twenty-four hours to when we were ago from when we were recording this, compared to now, like a a much better game for him.
0: I I think the big thing for me is, frankly, just that they they got a win in pretty uninspiring circumstances. Right, ugly game. The the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics scored one hundred and fifty-five points in regulation. The Cavs and Knicks were like in the seventies until this game became a free throw thing late Mitchell looked gassed in the second half Mitchell looked like, like he had it. absolutely nothing left nothing left that
1: the the free throw thing was so funny because I was um Bally Sports had some issues after this game or during this game we're going to talk and
0: we are going to talk about that in segment 3 cuz I want to like pick your brain on what this experience was like for you cuz I had no issues but I went on Twitter for, and everyone did
1: yeah and I texted you about it, it as like a joke and then you couldn't really but um uh-uh. I was watching the MSG stream and like Clyde and um, just like just well, like trying. yeah yeah well, 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 yeah like they're just and like Breen, why yeah. why 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 do the Cavs keep fouling at the end of this game like it, it's over guys like let, let's just wrap this one up but like yeah the the free throw thing just makes me laugh just because it was a low scoring affair. Um, Mike Breen noted like this is like the first time. I don't want to say all season. I wasn't like closely, closely listening. I was taking notes at the end of the game, but this was like the first time in a while. Like, this is just a very low scoring affair between two NBA teams. Like, it was a game reminiscent of like the early 2000s at times, just like a lot of ugly basketball, a lot of defense grind out, and the, the Cavs found a way to win. Um, they're, excuse me, now 2 0 in New York. So, hey, hats off
0: to them. You look at like this won't be my stat on it, but you look at like the offensive ratings for both teams. Cavs were 101.1. the Knicks were ninety four point seven. Like there, there was nothing pretty about this game. The Knicks took a ton of mid range shots. The Cavs ended up taking a bunch more threes. The Cavs were better at the rim, which is a big difference in this game comparatively to the Knicks. I'm pretty similar the volume. Credit to Evan Mobley, I think, for that more than than, than anyone else. But I mean, I think ultimately, whatever the muck was, whatever the the issue was here, I think mm-hmm. they just really needed this. I I think this didn't feel like a stretch where you were going to maybe freak out about the Cavs. At least I'm not there. I wouldn't have gotten there with this. Not in the mm-hmm. way I might with like Memphis by comparison, a team that looks kind of lost to some degree. I don't feel like the Cavs, due to the injuries, have felt lost, but. If you lose this game and you've won first 5 and you have a West Coast Roach coming up and you have the Warriors who look awesome on Sunday, like it is a hard place for you to be to start the season when you have these high expectations. I think just getting this win against this team on an imperfect night, I think they just need, they needed the feeling of this. However it came, whatever the takeaways are, I think that's going to be the most important thing that they just needed to get a win by any means necessary. I
1: mean, yeah, but the, the vibes were not as uh, immaculate as Darius Garland may hope it would be. Um, like, I, I give credit where credit's due to the Cavs for remaining, like, level-headed and focused, not maybe, like, imploding when things weren't going their way. And, like, they were not playing good basketball. They didn't play great basketball tonight either, but they did just enough to win this game. And as you and I were walking to the media room prior to... uh post-game availability when cleveland hosted in new york we we're like oh there's a reality where the Cavs are staring down the barrel of one in six hosting the warriors on sunday night When next time they're home because they will have thursday night or thursday off for rest because they played a back-to-back and then they head straight to indianapolis by to the pacers and that team they didn't perform well against and who know who is or isn't available but Either way, like this, like you said, this is a win that the Cavs kind of need just to kind of maybe reset the palette, reset the morale, um, just for the 82 game grind. And like the, the Cavs are saying all the right things, saying like, hey, we realize like it's 82 game grind. There's going to be moments where like we lose four or five in a row. Maybe we win like seven, eight in a row after that. I'm not saying the Cavs are going on like this massive winning streak all of a sudden, but this was a needed win, especially just because. Considering the opponent, considering where they were playing at, like a, a place they didn't win a single game last season, this is a uh, a good reset, the Cavs, more or less, as they wait to get healthy um, elsewhere on their rotation
0: and depth chart. You cannot tell me that this win against the Knicks did not mean a little something extra because of who it's against. I know Karis just played this down; other guys have not. You have Tristan Thompson and Josh Hart trading barbs about stakes and offensive rebounding and all kinds of stuff that it that feels very silly for, I, to, I for I like am, one guy who wasn't on the team last year.
1: So but, glad that Tristan Thompson misunderstood my question and compared himself blaming and Josh Hart to uh to a sirloin stake in terms of rebounding. So I'm glad to asked him, to well that. Hey,
0: this I is like the him, well like, done stake of barb trading that's what this has turned into
1: oh it really has i've been quietly monitoring it but i asked tristan leading up to this game just like hey josh hart has an uncanny ability to get offensive rebounds like as a guy who also has that ability do you like have like a understanding of how josh is so good at it and do you like see similarities or like how do you guys contain it? And he's just like me and Josh Hart. No, no similarities. I'm a filet mignon. Josh Hart's uh, uh, more of a sirloin. If you want to compare games, he he then Tristan said compare him to Patrick Peverly, and I'm like, jeez,
0: tough. All right, we're gonna a come good. back. Game that, awards. That, I mean, that's what you brought him there for. He's a good trash talking vet. So, uh, yeah, he's good at saying things that. Sound really good. All right, coming up next, Game Awards, MVP. Not going to be who I think Mitchell might be your default. I think there's another guard that is worthy of that. We'll talk about that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks is the most fun way you can play daily fantasy sports this season. You're going up to 25 times your money this basketball season. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from their the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different leagues. For example, you could take LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at, at a 10.5 combo, three-pointers made, and receptions. You can play along some of PrizePix's favorite players, including rapper Meek Mill and the comedian Andrew Schultz. PrizePix also offers a reboot policy that your entries stay and play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. They are the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury assurance policy. Right now, go to Prizepicks.com and use our code LOCKEDINNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com backslash LOCKEDINNBA and use code LOCKEDINNBA for a free deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Game Awards, Evan, I'm going pretty easy here. Carousel Vert for MVP. They did not have him on Tuesday on a Halloween game. They did have him for this one. They did have him in the situation where they needed someone to pick up the, some of the scoring alert, to pick up some of the responsibility to hit big shots when Mitchell again, did look gassed in the second half. They needed this kind of carousel vert. It's a one that's hard to find when everyone is healthy and his role is a little more clear. He looked almost at his best at times when one of the other guards is out, but they needed him to play the 30 minutes, to have 19, to have the six sports, to have the five assists. They needed this carousel vert if they, they were going to win this game, and they got it. Yeah, I.
1: it's interesting to note just because Karras Levert made a lot of his damage in the second half, especially when Donovan Mitchell was struggling mightily from the floor in the second half. He had 12 points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal. Um, mostly the scoring aptitude is what you want, especially the three-point shooting. I think he, I would say, hit the dagger against the Knicks in this game, or he hit that three-pointer in the closing, like at least the last few minutes. It was such an ugly game, but like really cemented like hey the, the, the Cavs beat the Knicks in New York and for them they couldn't do that last season but like yeah this was a really good game from Levert um we don't know if he's fully at 100% because he's dealing with those hamstring issues leading into this game but like if you had told me he was your MVP based on the first half performance and just like the fact that Mitchell was the only double digit scorer in the first half for Cleveland would have said you were crazy but like Levert picked up the slack uh my MVP who's Evan Mobley I'll talk about in a second picked up the slack as well and like the the Cavs are able to squeeze something out of their other players or at least in mobley's case their other star so that they could alleviate um new york putting two players on mitchell and forcing the ball out of his hands and maybe forcing him to be more of a, a creator for his teammates versus a guy who's just getting any shot or look that he wants at the basket let's go on uh who's your is here mvp as well uh, no and M- evan mobley's my mvp just because like like i said in the first segment this is a really good bounce back game for mobley like he played really well in this game um i think just the fact that like sure mitch robinson still may have his number maybe isaiah Hartenstein does too or just how the knicks scheme against him but like there's a lot of moments and i'll just tip my hat to the play of the night um my play of the night rather jb vickerstaff talked about this uh post game when cleveland hosted new york that the Cavs struggled to make a lot of um attempts off mobley passes and in the closing moments of this game mobley kicked the ball out to dean wade when new york collapsed on him on defense and dean wade made the three-pointer and i don't know mobley maybe doesn't have the most refined vision his handle still isn't super tight it's pretty loose just when i watch him play but he does have a good enough vision to understand like how to kick out the perimeter shooters and also how to be effective as a passer and a playmaker. That he was able to get other players involved when he wasn't getting the looks maybe that he needed, and it was kind of concrete at least in helping the Cavs win this. He
0: Mobley was truly, I think, really he bounced back well. It, I think there's still some real offensive concerns, and I think that's oh, an yeah. episode we're, we're going to do next week. I think it's going to kind of be time to, to do it and see where he's at because games are games. But I think defensively, even with some of the, the, all the rebounding stuff for the Knicks, he was so good at protecting the rim that it kind of deterred, I think, some of the New York strength. All right, stat of the night. Or my play of the night, excuse me. So Mitchell Block had a block after, in the fourth after he messed up and turned the ball over. This is a good pick. Look, he the effort was there from defensively overall in this game, I think. I, I thought he was really on point defensively. I thought he was engaged. He had moments where he stonewalled Jalen Brunson pretty darn well. And that matters. And for him in this spot where he easily could have just said, You got me, I made it quickly. I made a dumb pass. You get two points for it. He hustled, he got the block, gave the has a chance to fight another day. That's the kind of stuff you need from your best player. That's the kind of big the big effort plays you need from your best guys and to win a game like this. So kudos to Donovan Mitchell for that stat of the night. Five points for Mitchell in the second half. Not exactly enough. Uh really but they got the win anyway. And he got them just in a row with about two minutes to go when they needed him the most. Hits a three. Misses the mm-hmm. three in the next possession gets the offensive rebound gets the gets the put back. Those five points you know I, the Lavar shot you mentioned is probably the real game icer, as are the free throws. But that felt like the moment where, if you looked at that game and looked at the flow of it, that's the moment to me at least seven where I felt okay. The Cavs are going to win this because Donovan Mitchell found a way to at least get some points on the board when they needed them to.
1: Yeah, my my stat of the night is similar to yours, just or it's the same as yours. Um, before he finally like cracked the seal a little bit and scored in the second half, it was just more so the fact that like hey. New York is applying the template that worked when Mitchell played in Utah, where you throw two bodies at him and force him to be a playmaker and maybe break down the Quinn center offensive, having guys that are kind of mostly relegated to like spread, pick and roll or just sticking within their certain lanes and stuff. But um, no, Mitchell cracking the seal a little bit and just getting those five points in the second half Um does crystallize how this game went for cleveland in terms of just like his motor maybe not being a hundred percent because he may not be a hundred percent because of the hamstring issues and this is also uh the second game in a row like he's leaned on quite heavily in terms of just like minutes and minutes played on the floor for cleveland but it wasn't it wasn't Terrible, and I think him making that three pointer was part of that flurry where the Cavs just finally put the Knicks away for good. And sure, there's some foul issues to finish out the game, but the, the the Cavs found a way, and it was spearheaded by their best player, who did not have a good second half by any stretch of imagination.
0: Yeah, and and for for Mitchell again, that just I think this whole what we're getting at here with him, I think this speaks to his engagement and his effort in these kinds of games. So. Even if you're... I, I just think that speaks well of him and, and what he's yeah. kind of about in these moments, at least in, in my mind. All right, one more break. Going to come back and talk about Tristan Thompson and Bally Sports. Talk about that coming up right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, which is the official sportsbook of On. And America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 moneyline bet. So that's $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. Right now, visit fanduel.com. Dot com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. They have tons of NBA stuff as well, including win totals, championship odds, MVP odds, all of that fun stuff. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So Tristan Thompson's the Cavs backup center now, huh? Where where that's where we're at? Uh, That's that's that is where we are at. Um, I had leaned
1: to you during um calves knicks part one when it was in cleveland obviously we're recording from home in this one but
0: we like, recorded hey, home yesterday but like we were at the game yesterday to be
1: specific. i'm saying like obviously in the sense that we're recording after game two of this series and we're not like in a hotel in new york or
0: yeah enjoying oh, yes, uh,
1: yes, yes. enjoying ourselves in new york slice or enjoying something walkie style or whatever but um yeah it was noticeable in the fact that like damian jones wasn't the first big man off the bench for the Cavs. it was tristan thompson who has played pretty well in this matchup i think when we talked about the thompson signing like it makes sense to maybe like have him as that extra guy who has a nose for offensive or rebounds or at least can infer the knowledge of how to grab him, like second chance opportunities like he has a knack for but um oh go zips um but yeah it's just interesting because damian jones like when we're talking about best case worst case scenarios um i kind of said like his worst case scenario is like in his multiple stops in the nba whether it's golden state the lakers or the jazz or now the Cavs. like he's never really had like a clear thing he's good at to get like consistent minutes in a rotation as a backup big man whereas tristan thompson like is definitely past the twilight of his career but like knows what he's good at and that's rebounding providing you like defense and hustle plays and also like if you're running like a pick and roll with him or something like that like he probably gives you a better look at the basket da- than Damian Jones does right now which says a lot about Damian Jones and also maybe a lot about Tristan Thompson too so i i just think you don't really mess up a good thing. You stick with him as your backup center. And if it doesn't work, you can always just go back to Jones or maybe like you give Isaiah Mobley some burn instead.
0: Yeah, hey, I think what does work with Tristan is that he sets good screens. He is, um, very, he is very on point as far as where he needs to be defensively. He is on point as far as what he's being asked to do. And he's playing with effort. And I do wonder if there's a leadership component of this as well, that he's a vocal guy. I I think in a moment where they need someone vocal. And look, I I don't know how much this will hold up fully. Um, You know, they're plus two points. This is prior to the game Wednesday, I believe, but plus 2.7 per under possessions overall in 23 minutes for Thompson. Small sample size, but he's been good. The offense better than the defense in those cases, because that's the kind of the skew of the season so far. But he's been good, and I think it's just—it's it, not surprising to me, but it—but it, it is telling, I guess, about where JB's head is at with some of this, which I think is just kind of that—that um, that to me is kind of interesting. Just to kind of watch how that will be monitored and that will be figured out That's as fair. we go. Here. All right, uh, let's go to Bally Sports. Evan <laughs> talked so so from what <laughs> I have read, looking at Reddit and stuff. Sure. It seems like they tried to maybe install a password sharing blocking thing, and that like messed up their system. I know there's also just like a it has often not worked very well anyway. So this crash and like lots of people that use the app to watch the games just couldn't watch the game because this didn't work. Full disclosure,
1: other than Disney+, Plus, the Bally Sports app is, like, one of the worst streaming applications I have on any of my smart devices, whether it's my iPhone, um, my game systems, or even just, like, the TVs itself, like, smart TVs itself. Like, it is so clunky and unrefined and, like, honestly antiquated technology that, like, it's stunning, but I didn't know this was a thing since Monday of this week um like grizzly fans are complaining about it uh pistons fans like several pistol pistons writers i follow or pistons fans i know canceled their like subscription to ballet sports plus just because it wasn't working but truly incredible for a company that has the license to so many major sports markets and that's not just the nba it's the mlb the nhl uh subsidiaries in between like whether it's like college stuff and things like that but like how bad the application is and just like how bewildering bewilderingly unrefined it is and like the the poor person running the social media accounts is just like getting all the heat from people who are just beyond frustrated understandably so because a lot of people don't pay for cable anymore they pay to cut the cable and maybe they buy Bally sports plus because they love their team so much but to me moments like this where i haven't checked like i can check right now as we're recording at 11 p.m on wednesday evening if they're back up online but i i'll just say it i pirated a stream from msg and i learned that there is a nicks fan who um named their daughter nick or something like that but Still, um, they're back online as of an hour ago, but we'll see how it goes. But like genuinely frustrating, Chris didn't have to deal with this because he's a FUBO member. Um, but mm. I empathize with the individuals who want to watch the Cavs on a nightly basis, who maybe can't afford to go to games on a nightly basis or maybe go as often as they'd like to. And all they can afford right now is maybe a basic bare bones like Package to watch the Cavs, and sure, there's Thrones with like the monsters, the Blue Jackets, the Guardians as well, and maybe sweeten the pot. But it is so frustrating for a streaming provider that is in its it, it it's been in its death rolls for a while now. Like it's been gasping for air. I'm surprised Bally Sports is still here, honestly. But to me, my biggest indication of this is is like. The Clippers have done it. Other NBA teams have done it. Many other sports teams have done it. The Lakers, I think, are doing it right now with despite their like deal with Comcast and SportsNet out there in Los Angeles. But uh there's a clear demand to watch these teams. And teams are multi-billion dollar organizations at this point. They should just offer streaming services within like their applications or platforms that Give the fans what they need in terms of game by game broadcasts, which feature feature Austin Carr and John Michael and Serena Winters working the sideline because they are employees of the team on top of being employees of Bally. And they just navigate that lane. Like, it's just frustrating because, like, you shouldn't have to jump through hoops just to watch your favorite sports team because you can't afford to go to every single game or you want to tune into them and you're paying like the 15 bucks a month to begin with those ratios keep going up and up and up and up and you're not getting a proper return on your investment there's my rant on streaming and why uh streaming was the counterpoint to piracy to begin with uh it put away with it and now piracy is more than on the rise once again because streaming sucks across most applications
0: so a lot uh, you just said a lot of things, so I, there's just... So I, I there's vented.
1: War- I vented because yeah. I, I watched the first half of this Cavs game via uh, a service the Cavs provide to media members in terms of like real-time stat tracking, so like it's super helpful, but I wasn't getting a full scope of what was happening, and it was really frustrating for me because I'm like, okay, ballets is up eventually, and I'm like, nah, it's not, but the, the floor is yours as I cool myself off.
0: Yeah, take take a take a go take play a and, go play and, go play in FanDuel for a minute and chill out. So uh, this is this is to me the whole thing. It should not be this hard in 2023 for people to watch something and and even if you have to pay for it, like but people are already like a, paying for it and it doesn't well, work. They'll, they'll, so that that's what I'm trying to say. The fact that people are paying for something and it doesn't work is insane. The fact that this is like kind of normal. Is insane. The fact that I like, I think everyone's first association with the Valley App is that it just doesn't work. Is nuts. You could. It's it's nuts that the the there was a delay in, in the game itself because they had to clean up after a dance team, and that was not the most like obnoxious del- thing people had to deal with tonight. As far as watching the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you're what I would end on is saying that if you're someone who has this issue, who, who wants something better, you should blow up the team and be like can you change this for next year And cite like what the jazz have done what the Suns have done like it there there's a precedent more, here now for more this recent getting to- examples thing yeah and those are the ones that have really just i think are setting a new path and i don't know how those have worked exactly yet but you should demand better is what i would say or like I understand why local blackouts exist, but just like let people buy league pass if they want. For you, yeah. you can buy it for one team, and you could just watch the Cavs that way. You should just like have that option. But say Levy, yeah, uh, Evan, I, let's I, get I out know. of here.
1: Like I, yeah. streaming services are dumb. I think the oversaturation of the market of streaming services is dumb. But you know what? If the NBA is so paranoid, or the NFL is another example, is so paranoid about people like illegally pirating their streams, make it much the, more accessible a, the, to people to like watch these. That's all. But I here's asked. the
0: di- but here's the difference between the NFL and the NBA. That is, I think, at the core of this issue. The NBA, the NFL, every single week has games on your basic have an antenna cable, CBS, Fox. Yes, they put games on Prime. Yes, you know you can watch Sunday football on Peacock. But they have games on like the t- the channels everyone can get with an antenna on purpose. The NBA is not accessible in that same way and i think that creates some of the issues you have here it's same issue for baseball and some other things as well it's why people go find less than um legal routes to watch these things because they want baseball is
1: a great example because people are talking about how like the 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 rangers just won the world series as we wrap this up congrats to dallas but people are talking about how like the 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 viewer numbers have dipped considerably Everybody doesn't have the means to watch the World Series right now. Like like you said, people could buy an antenna or maybe just don't have that accessibility because antennas aren't the most reliable medium either. But like you said, we're in 2023. Um, I can literally manage my diabetes from my smartphone in terms of my blood sugar and insulin intake. And that is rocket science. Like if you told... Fifth grade Evan, who wanted his insulin pump, he could do that. He would scream at you and call the cops. We should be able to have like the understanding, especially these multi-billion-dollar entities, where there's a clear demand. Like they, they should be able to figure out a way to provide to fans in a way that makes them happy, and also it's a it's a return on investment because the Cavs can set the price. Fans will more than pay for it if they want to watch it.
0: Send there. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Dermal. Thanks again, Jake Stevens, as always. I'll be back on Friday doing a crossover with Tony East talking about the in-season tournament, the Pacers' abomination of a court, and we'll look ahead to that Friday matchup. We'll talk to you then. Have a great Thursday.